My name is Jan Treadgold. I am married to Nick, who most people know. And I have one of the best jobs in the world. I am a mum to four kids, and, but I'm also um, a bit of a mum to Hope Church. Um, I say that in the loosest sense, but my job is sitting down and looking at treasure all day long and encouraging them and calling out all the things that I see in them and just encouraging and praying and seeing people go for all that they are, which I've just got to say has got to be the best job in the world. Um, When people ask me what I do, I just say, well, I've just got the best job in the world. It's great. So I do that um, most of the time. Um, I work in Hope Hub, so anytime you're passing, you fancy coffee, give me a chance to encourage you. I would just love that. So that's who I am. Um, We've lived in Glasgow now for 23 years, and I was counting it up three more years, and I will have lived here as long, half half as long as I've ever lived in my life. So do the sums. Um, I was 26 when we came here, and... uh, as a, a newbie, um, English, sorry about that. Um, but I love this city, I love this nation, I love God, and I love what God's doing. And I was so blessed this week when one of the Hopers posted something on our Hope Facebook page that said that the statistics of knife crime and addictions and things have dropped very significantly. So I'm really excited about that because I've been here long enough to see that change um, and that's only the tip of the iceberg for what God's got so um, that's a little bit of our background so um, my message today is fairly basic and simple um, and it really is just to let you know and encourage you that each one of you is treasure and you are God's treasure every single one and our hope and our desire Hope Church is that you will all be anchored in truth and that you would be flying. Um, So it is a simple message. It's highly personal to each one, um, but it has eternal consequences. You and who and what you are has eternal um, consequences. So everything that I'm going to say today is um, on the backdrop of what the leadership team here have been feeding us for years. Um, so very strong anchoring in what the word says Um, and last week for those of you who weren't here it really is worth having a listen to at least last week's message online Um, and it'll tell you a little bit about what we're seeing and what we're going for Um, so this sits within that context and one of the things that Andy said last week I want to just declare over you again is you are good soil You are very, very good soil, and we love each of you, and I'm a seeing person, so I see stuff, and um, I just have to walk around with my eyes open, and I get very excited about what I see, regardless of age, stage, maturity, any of those things. I look and see people, so I had a wonderful experience this morning 
walked in, chatted to a gentleman here, and he was telling me something, and I was instantly hit by the thing that he carried in the spiritual realm, this fatherhood, this very anchoring, safe thing. So I walk around like that, and it's, it, it's just a joy. My life is a joy, because I just keep seeing all these amazing things. So just hold that in your heart, that you, special you, you are good soil. So we're living in very exciting times, I think. Um, all over the world, we're hearing amazing stories of individuals and communities and groups of people really pursuing God together and really building relationships with one another and within those relationships, really pressing into God. And they're finding him and he's turning up in amazing ways. So Andy rattled off just some of the things that have been happening here in Hope Church and in Glasgow. Um, I have been doing lots and lots of reading just to try and get a broader context that it's not just here and it's not just in very famous names that you hear about all the time. If you look into all the major continents of the world, there are very significant, exciting things happening that we've not really heard of in the scale and quantity. So through history, we've seen amazing moves of God and they tended to be in pockets but the more you read at the moment, you're hearing it all over. So just want to encourage you with that as well. There's something very big and very significant going on, and we get to be part of it. And you are instrumental in it all. So just want to remind you of that. I want to encourage you in what God says to you today. During the worship, I just felt I've been set up, totally set up, and the relief flooded in and the anxiety left and I heard God say it's okay you just have to be yourself because he's done it so really I just feel like I'm putting words on what he was doing in the worship I sensed his presence so thickly so this is just more of the same if you didn't get it in the first bit you're going to get it in the second bit um, the Bible is a wonderful place it's a very safe place and I just want to rattle out a few scriptures for you to be taking notice of concerning you Jeremiah 29 says, I know the thoughts that I think about you. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're thoughts of peace and they're not of evil. They're to give you future and a hope. And you will call on me and you'll go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. That's a good start, don't you think? That's for you, your personal you sitting on your chair, listening to this. This is what God says about you. His plans for you are really good. And they are to give you hope um, and to give you a future. And they're good things. Um, again, we've already heard this this morning. Zechariah 2.8 says, This is the Lord speaking to angels concerning you. And the angel is saying, Anyone who touches you touches the apple of the Lord's eye. That's you. You are the apple of his, his eye. I was very blessed. I feel, as I say, very blessed. I was blessed with a really great husband to marry. And I remember this, this scripture means a lot to me because when I was a very baby Christian, I was fed this line and I had some big problems with it could not get my head around the fact that I could possibly be the apple of God's eye. Now, you may be baby Christian, 
You may have been a Christian for lots of years and you're losing sight, or you may be living wonderfully and confidently in that place. Wherever you're at, this word is for you. You are his apple, and I want you just to um, be bathed and encouraged by that. Isaiah 44, 24 says that you are God's created beings, that he formed you in the womb, and he says that he is the Lord who makes all things, and you will be built. That's another good one for you to rest on. And Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works with which God has prepared beforehand that we're to walk in in them. So he's a very creative God. He made you. He knows you. He knows what's stored up in you. He's put deposits in you that will be fulfilled. And he says to you today, you will be built. There, there is something in you that is so precious and he's going to watch over you and encourage you so that you do it. So we're made in God's image and he's very creative. Now, I want you to just bear this little mind. As I was preparing for all of this, I thought there's a great danger in hearing a message that's very personal and you can fall into the danger of taking on a very individualistic and isolationist view. So you only hear the truth as you as an individual, and you don't always grasp that this is a bigger thing. You can also make the mistake of thinking, I hear the truth, but it's not really about me, it's about the bigger picture. So I want you to hold these things in tension. It's not either or, it's not all about me and about getting God out of me and God's plans and purposes for me. And it's not all about or just about the bigger picture. It's not either or, it's both and. It's both of these things. So as you pursue God, as he starts to speak to you and as he starts to encourage you, he wants you to run and he wants you to run with people either side of you to build that relationship. I, one of my pet things is I feel that there is no, no greater thing than being known. When you sat alone, to know that somebody knows you, really knows you, really, really knows you, not just the bits that you want to show them, that really knows you, it's a very empowering thing. Because it means, I mean, we're all very happy to share things when things are great, aren't we? It's just great to celebrate together. But if you don't know people, then people aren't going to celebrate with you. And then the celebration is not quite as great as it could be. And then when things are tough, actually being known and not having to give a long explanation and climb out of your big hole, say, excuse me, has anybody noticed I'm having a hard time? That's not the time to start getting known. So I just want to kind of bear that in mind. Our desire, my desire, the desire of Hope Church and the desire of lots of church Bible-believing communities around the world is that we're to cultivate a culture where we publicly speak out Christ in you. You are the hope of his glory. And there's a phrase that goes around that I I do use much to my annoyance, which is calling out the gold in one another. It's a bit of an in-phrase at the moment. What does that mean? And it's looking and seeing the treasure. I see this in you. You are amazing. This only, when you do this, it produces this. I see this gift in you. And it's an affirming culture. So my desire today really is to stir you, to get involved in growing this culture where we 
constantly encouraging one another, constantly cheering each other on, believing in one another, and not leaving it to guesswork. What do, it, it, it's not about guessing, do people really see this? I, my desire, our desire, I'm speaking personally, but I hope that I'm representing the family here, is our desire is that you know that you are treasure, that you know that we believe in you, that you know that we're committed to seeing you achieve all that you can be. And the, the, the eternal consequence is what's going to come out of that. I look back over my life and I, I'm honestly really humbled. I stand here a testimony of the grace of God, honestly. If you knew where I had come from and if you had known all the potential that I had to blow absolutely everything up and blow it up, you would be amazed, absolutely amazed, because God has been working in my life in the little things and in the big things. And I'm sure all of you have got those stories. It's not just me, I'm sure. So, when I look at you, I see two things. I see God's greatness in every single one. Like I said, I've just got the best job. I just look at people and I see amazingness. And I have the power to encourage that or ignore it. So do you. You do too. Let's be part of this culture that um, encourages greatness. And the second thing that I see are identity wars that are being fought and won. The biggest struggles that we often have are the hidden ones, the ones that are inside. They're ones that come and say, you're not who you are. Or I'm taught from the Bible I should be this, but I'm not. I don't feel this way. I don't look this way. The evidence is to the contrary. All of these things. And the root issue for most people's struggles in life and battles is one of identity. And I have a wonderful little illustration that I want to show you. Um, this comes from a little bit of Treadgold family history. When the great thing about being a parent is you get to watch all sorts of films that really otherwise you wouldn't have license really to watch. Now, it's giving away my age because I was horrified to realize that this film's actually 20 years old. Um, I thought it was current. And, um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, and it's an illustration that made a mark at the time. It's funny how God uses all sorts of everyday things to show you stuff. And there was a clip in this film that has stayed with me, and it's become a bit of a family saying in our house. But I'll let you watch the clip. Are we ready to go? It's Hook, by the way. Is that Peter Pan? Can't fly, fight, or crow. So. Any of you says this here skug ain't Peter Pan. Cross the line. Hi. What? Do it back. What? You are embarrassing me.
I want to let you see it all. It makes me cry almost every time I see it. This is Peter Pan, who was born to fly. By the way, it's not the Bible, just for the record. This is just an illustration, okay? This is Peter Pan, who was born to fly. He was commissioned to look after the lost boys in Neverland. He was commissioned to fight a war with Hook and to never grow old. And the accusation came from Rufio in this film who judged Peter Pan on what he couldn't do. It was not who he was. The accusation was can't fly, can't play, can't fight, can't crow. It was all things he did, but the real threat and the real accusation was coming to his identity, not what he can do. And very often in your life, you're attacked in your doing or your lack of doing, and what it crushes within you is your identity. Um, so in my house and in my family, and I. I will sometimes utter the words, ah, there you are, Peter. When you see, and even I'm looking in the mirror, and it's like, I see you. They, I love, sometimes it's hard to look past stuff, but actually to look within, to look at what the Holy Spirit's doing, to look, and it's, there you are, Peter. And in that film, it's, uh, it goes on, and Peter, having had the crisis of identity and counting himself out and stepping over the line and embarrassing Tink because he isn't who she believes he is. She had no problem believing because she knew. She says, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me. This is not who you were called to be. And Peter then comes to a point of remembering, yes, this is who I am. And he's invigorated at that point and he turns a little... Further on in the film, he turns to the boys and he says, Hook has got my children. These are my children and Hook will kill them. Will you help me, please? And then Tink shouts, give him a chance. And the boys say, give him a chance. And then the community of the lost boys in Neverland stand with him, they give him a chance, they bring their strength in behind him, and off they go and they fight a war, and it's brilliant. Um, it's just an illustration, but it's one of those powerful illustrations that I think we could probably all identify with at some point in our lives. So how do you fancy becoming a created community of believers who are anchored in truth, who are committed to seeing his kingdom coming on the earth by creating a community of believers 
who believe in one another, they're committed to one another, they're committed to discovering and pulling out the truth and all that's great in one another, and to build with it. A community who will live with the intentions and the actions of what can I do to help you achieve that. Does that sound an attractive, exciting proposition? It's what pumps through me. It's so, it's so empowering, envisioning. It's like, let's be that community. And in order to do this, you're going to need two things. You're going to be needing to be in touch with your true identity of who you are in God. And was God not all over our worship today, just affirming and pouring his love into who you are? I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss and think that's for somebody else. Right where you are, your identity matters. Now, I've been teased a little bit this week because this is going to be preached with illustrations provided wonderfully by our techie team and our PA guys. And we have got some handouts and we've got some illustrations. All to do with the one thing that you need, which is your true identity. And you're also going to need um, to know his plans and purposes. And they are wrapped up in your hopes and dreams. They're not a mysterious thing out there waiting to come and bash you on the nose and announce to you that this is what you've been put on the planet with. It's really worth spending time to develop and grow your intimate connection with a Father God who absolutely adores you and believes exactly what he says about you and to develop your connection with Jesus who's committed to walking it through with you and developing your connection with the Holy Spirit who he's also committed to teaching you and empowering you and comforting you and giving you strength to go it. Um, our wonderful stewards are going to hand out to you a couple of things. Um, one is a sheet um, because I'm not Alan Harrison or any of the wonderful Bible teachers that we have in our house here, um, there is a wee sheet coming around that you can take away with you and just read through and flick through. What does the word say? What does God say about who I am? And I want to urge you to spend lots of time praying and meditating on that, allowing the Holy Spirit to come and make that such a strong integral part of who you are so you're not having to muster up these truths in your moment of panic and in your moment of weakness which we all get speaking personally of course you need to know these things and the other thing that the stewards are going to hand out to you are you coming guys are these these are balloons and I want you all to have a balloon because I quite like visuals as you're probably getting the idea of and I can never look at a rainbow now because I was taught well. What is a sign of the rainbow? I always think of God's promise. It doesn't matter how bad the weather is or what I'm doing, I see a rainbow in the sky and I, it's like, oh, God's promise. I don't ever have to worry. You might wonder why on earth am I handing out balloons? So let me just carry on painting this for you. Um, balloons are not just to hold a whole load of hot air, which they do. Um, they, they are amazing. Let me just read this out to you. Just, I found this out about balloons. You just think it's a bit of colored plastic rubber. A balloon 
is an inflatable, fixable bag filled with gas, such as helium, hydrogen, nitrous oxide, oxygen, air. Modern balloons can be made from materials such as rubber, latex, poly... Mark Spicer, I need your help, a word I can't read, and nylon fabric, while some early balloons were made of dried animal bladders, such as pig bladders, aren't you glad? Modern technology. Some balloons are used for decorative purposes, while others are used for practical purposes, such as meteorology, medical treatment, military defense, or transportation. A balloon's properties, including its low density and low cost, have led to a wide range of applications, the inventor of the rubber balloon, the most common balloon, was Michael Faraday in 1824 via experiments with various gases. They, all those things you didn't know about balloons. But we're a bit like balloons because this has got a whole load of potential, as you've just been hearing. And it's so important that you identify who you are and identify your dreams. And a lot of what I want you to go away with today is, one, you are treasure, and God's treasure is within you. And without you knowing it, and without you doing anything, your life is going to look like this little sad, deflated, not going very far, very fast balloon. I want you to take time with the Lord, just go for a walk. Do what you do. Spend time saying, God, what is it? What have my dreams been? And I've had a, a little bit of reflection of some of the dreams that you might have. Or some of the dreams I've had. It's always good to give personal illustrations until it gets dangerous. Um, when I was a young Christian, I can now confess to having dreams like, Jesus, I really love you. I'm really amazed with what you've done but please don't come back until I've been married. <laughs> and then that moved on to, Jesus, I really love you. Please don't come back until I've had children. And Jesus, I really love you, but please can I see my children grow up? And it's, this is a silly illustration, but I have these silly dreams. Now, I found a little piece of paper that one of my darling daughters wrote um, when I was probably encouraging them to think for themselves, what are you looking for God to do? What is it that you want for your life? What? And um, my eldest daughter, being who she is, said, so, Mommy, what are your dreams? And on this lovely little scratchy piece of paper at home, I have got written down in very childlike handwriting, my dream is to raise children who will be lovers of God and will raise other lovers of God. Now, I don't know how long ago that was written, but I am humbled when I see how God has worked that out in my own family. So that was a little dream, but it had big eternal things. So what are your dreams? What are your big dreams for your life? What are your little dreams, the things you would like to do? The last 20 odd years for me have been committed to raising these children to be lovers of God and becoming all they can be and we can send them out into the big wider world to go and fulfill their own dreams. It's been a real great privilege. But we've been reaching the phase gradually over the last few years where that chapter of our life is moving on. It's looking a bit different. Do I sink down in a chair and think that's it, job over, I've got nothing else to live for? 
It's not true. I have um, some very dear, treasured friends who are more senior in years than I am, and I find it no more um, of a provocation and an encouragement to actually sit and listen to them. Um, Ginny, who is not here with us today, I met recently, and I sit and I listen and ask her questions, and she tells me, this is a retired lady who loves the Lord amazingly, and every time she opens her little mouth, she paints pictures of her dreams and her hopes, and she's going for it, and she's one of very many in this family. All of the time, whatever stage you are, you might be a young person still at high school, you may be a student, you may be in your middle years, you may be in your golden years, but you have dreams. And I want to encourage you to keep identifying your dreams, keep dreaming with God, keep pushing it. And as a community, let's encourage one another to go with this. Now, the balloon, this is your life. The balloon will look like a soggy balloon if you don't do something with it. So on your balloon, these are my dreams. My dreams are not going to go very far unless they are identified. And unless I get them blown up somehow, I have to do something. So my husband tells me that at this point, this could become mayhem. And you are free to join me in the blowing up of your balloons if you want. But if you don't, that's fine too. And I'll try not to be distracted. But in order to blow up a balloon, it takes effort. Now, some balloons are very easy to blow up. You'll be pleased to know I ordered specially easy blowable balloons for you, so you're not going to struggle. But some balloons are those funny shapes, and some balloons are tacky and explode and don't blow up so well. And that can happen in life too, but we're not going to go there. But what I'm trying to say to you is blowing up balloons takes some effort. And I am reliably informed that not everybody can blow up balloons very well. My husband says I can use him as an illustration today because in our family, I am the blower up of balloons and he has learned how to do it a bit better. So what I'm trying to say to you is sometimes in life and very often in life, it's not possible to fulfill your dreams completely on your own. Anyone who has successfully done something in life will have at some point or another needed somebody else alongside them in their life to help. So my husband needed me to show him how to blow up balloons. And we had to, sometimes we have to stretch them. Sometimes we have to blow it up a little bit and hold it. Sometimes we have to blow the first little bit up and then squeeze it along the thing and then blow some more up. And this is like your life. This is like our lives. You think you know what God's called you to. You look around and ask someone close to you, build those relationships and say, yes, I see this in you. Let me help you. What can I do to help you blow up the balloon? Do you want me to hold it for you for a while? Do you want me to pray over it for you for a while? Can I come alongside? Is there some, some strength that I've got in my life that's going to help you get over the hurdle? You know those balloons, you don't see them very often, that are shaped long and slim, but they're not just long and slim. 
They go in and out and in and out. And when you blow up those balloons, the air goes into the first bit, but doesn't easily go along. And you have to squeeze the air along the rubber tube until it goes to the end, and then you blow up. This is a bit like your life. Sometimes you'll get it half blown up, and you just haven't got what it takes to get it in. And this is where the community thing comes in, that you help each other and encourage one another. Sometimes we can need courage. Well, very often we need courage. Sometimes we lose sight of courage. And I have um, another big part of my life, which has been music. And I was very privileged to win a scholarship to go to a music school. And it was an interesting place. You can imagine all those egos in one room. And um, some very, very gifted people and they would, at the beginning of a session, all be there with their instruments, running it up and down the scales, doing fancy arpeggios, and, and it was a din. It was awful. And they were all excellent musicians, but they would just get their instruments out, and they would just blow, and they would tootle away or fiddle away, and it all sounded very impressive, but together, it was an utter disaster. It was the most loud, awful din you've ever heard. Sometimes we need to tune up. Sometimes you can know exactly your instrument. You can know exactly what to do with your instrument. But if you're not listening to the conductor and you just play on your own, full of confidence that you are amazing, but you're not playing along with the bigger picture. And sometimes you just need to take a step back or two and tune up. What is the Holy Spirit saying? How am I supposed to get in tune, get in time, and do this? Tuning up walks with the Holy Spirit. Some of these phrases that you're hearing a lot and, you know, going for, I call it going for walks with God. I find that easy to identify with than encounters, which is a phrase we hear a lot of these days. I hear God when I walk a lot. I used to, my children will tell you, they grew up in Pollock Park, hail, rain or shine, because the secret person on that walk was usually Father God and Holy Spirit. We had some great times. But take time to go for walks and tune up and hear and let God remind you. Let him remind you what your hopes and dreams. It doesn't matter how big or small, but you need to have hopes and dreams. And we need to be there encouraging one another. We need to celebrate one another. Like, you know, when you're a bit older and you see young ones doing stuff, you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get over yourself. No, don't say that. Celebrate. Remember what it was like when you were in their shoes and you did something for the first time. And when you're younger and you're looking at older ones and they're talking about something that sounds like a foreign language to you and you just don't see the significance, don't just turn your nose and think, honestly, when are these older people going to get with the program? Cheer them on. Take time to listen to them. I'll tell you, you'll get more blessed and more encouraged talking to older people 
listening to them, learning from them, learning from their experiences, learning from the truths that they have had walked out in their life. They've got so much to give us. I tell you, grab more mature people and squeeze it out of them. It's just a really great, rich place to live. Um, the Bible calls this um, building community, surprisingly, and doing family. And it calls it um, one anothering. We have another illustration that's been talked about lately where people go through life events and they need help. And you go along thinking that you're going to help them, but you leave it feeling, hang on a minute, I thought I was supposed to be helping them. How come I've come away so encouraged, so built up, so strengthened? And this is how it goes, that you lend yourself and you one another and you encourage and you build I don't want you ever to look at a balloon ever again in your life and think that's just a balloon. This is representative of, I just have to blow it up. Can you give me two seconds while I blow it up? Because, go on, you can all have a go. Some of you, it's small. Anybody sat with a balloon? My guy, I'm being dizzy. Anybody sat with a balloon that is not blown up is actually a hint that you can go along and help them. There is no greater joy ever in seeing joys fulfilled. You know how you feel when someone that you care about really achieves something? It's almost stop it. <laughs> that was my husband, honestly. <laughs> you know the joy of seeing someone that you really love and care about having their dream fulfilled it's almost more exciting than getting your own hopes and dreams fulfilled that sense of achievement that sense of yes you can do this I just want to encourage you in this that become, become part of this community Wherever you are, if you're visiting today, go and build that community where you are, where you're committed to seeing each other make it. I just want to say a brief word about what happens if you've lost your dream or for some reason it's been interrupted. I'm going to use the word interrupted. It's a bit like... Um, a scripture in Ezekiel 37, which was very familiar to lots of you, maybe. It's about looking out over a valley of dry bones, of where there is no life in that place. And all the hopes and dreams have been shattered, broken, and it's just not going to happen. And what the Bible says, if you read through that scripture, it says it over and over again. You prophesy to those bones. You speak over you declare, you tell the bones the truth, you tell them, um, you unleash the truth and you develop this community culture over them. And God says at the end of that passage, he says, thus saith the Lord God, I will open up your graves and I will cause you to come out of them. So if you happen to be a little discouraged, I just want to prophesy over you 
the Lord will come and he will deliver you and he will open up and you will walk out and you will see your hopes and dreams fulfilled. If you are in that place, you need to recognize that that's where you are and you need to come out from under the accusations and the disappointments that hold you there. It's, it's a doing word. It's not just lying there. You have to come out from under it and under those things. And you need to stop agreeing and remove any active involvement you've got that's keeping you in that place. I'm no good. I've missed it. I'm not big enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not noisy enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not the other. I've been discredited because of some of the mistakes I've made or because of things that other people have done. It's not true. You must stop agreeing and you need to remove any active involvement that you play in that. And perhaps you need to repent where necessary. The good news about that is that God is quick to forgive and his mercy and grace will be poured all over you. He'll be right there to meet you. And then you need to allow God to reactivate and remind you and breathe fresh life into you again. The good news is you've got a whole lifetime to work out your plans and purposes. The things that you hold dear in your life, the things that you dream about, the things that you desire, don't all have to happen in 2012, 2013. You've got a whole lifetime when I was very young, I remember moving to a neighborhood and I was all pumped up with the amazing plans and purposes of God. And at the end of six months when I had to move out of the flat that we were living at the time, I was so bitterly disappointed that I hadn't seen the fulfillment of all these hopes and dreams in that short six months. And with the maturity I had at that stage, I thought the world was about to end because I'd failed, because we were leaving. And in six months, I haven't seen the kingdom established in that neighborhood. You have a whole lifetime to fulfill all that God's put in you. And if you're having a crisis at 30, be encouraged. 40 will come, and 50 will come, and 60 will come, and you'll still be on fire, and 70 will come. And my husband tells me he's going to live until he's at least 100, and he's going to be on that rocking chair, looking over his dreams, bathing in the fulfillment of all that God's done. Do you want to be these people who are always living with the hopes and dreams, the purposes of God in your life? It's not over. This is just the start. And you, wherever you are, are God's treasure. Don't miss the moment. Don't be so busy living the humdrum life of changing the nappies, going to work, doing the job. I want to encourage you to dream. I want to encourage you to be anchored in truth, know exactly who you are, develop these relationships with Father God, let the Holy Spirit breathe on your dreams, commit to community, commit to what I want my life, our life to look like in 20 years time. It's such a privilege for me to be in what I'm told are the approaching golden years of my life. So I've got something to look back on, but I've got a whole lot more to look forward to. It's great when you've got a bit of perspective. And if you're very young, 
hang out with some older people. And if you're a bit older, please bring your treasure to the younger ones. We need you. Um, I was, I just want to mention this this scripture again. God has hopes and dreams. He's got his plans and purposes for you, which are great. Hold on to this truth. Dream the dreams. Mahatma Gandhi was a very spiritual, amazing man who was from India back in the late 1800s and 1900s. And he was a wise man and had many observations. And he once said this, he said, I like your Christ. I don't like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. I want you to know that in India, there is such an incredible move of God going on right now. My husband tells me I didn't have time to tell you all about that. But go looking. Because there now, there are communities who really know who they are, whose they are. And they are seeing revival. They're seeing unprecedented moves of God. They're seeing healings. They are, they're just seeing miracles and provisions and extraordinary things. Because they're committed. They're devoted to Christ. They're devoted to one another. They're devoted to pressing in. They're devoted to seeing his presence. And they're devoted to seeing his kingdom established on the earth. And I mention that just to encourage you strongly. Jesus has got a dream that he came to fulfill. He did everything he could and everything that was necessary to make sure that it would happen in your life. Here at Hope, our prayer and our dream is that you will be built up. You will be equipped and encouraged and you will be free to fulfill his plans and his purposes to live your dream to be all that he ever intended. I just want to close there, but let's just ask the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you pour out your fire and your wisdom to come and move us, to grow us, to encourage us, and to teach us how to do this community that you speak of. Father, we, we love you. Would you pour into our hearts what we need to be devoted to you and devoted and committed to one another, to be a people who will always look and see you, the people who will always look and say, I see you and I see what's in you. Holy Spirit, would you come in this community and the communities that are represented And would you move us, would you strengthen us, equip us, encourage us to call out the treasure that is in one another, that we would become a community believers that press into you and see you establish heaven on earth. Father, I speak life over every individual. I speak life and I call out the treasure and I say God will accomplish in you everything that he ever intended when he made you. You are treasure. 
You are precious. You matter. Father, we love you. I pray that you would just go with us this week. Father, that you would bring clarity and strength into us to know who we are and whose we are and be committed to seeing that you have your way in our lives, in this city, in this nation, and across the world. Father, would you have your glory in us? Thank you. Amen. Amen.